Daniel, wow, what a shot that was. Yeah, good one-punch knockout. I loved it. It was almost like a hush when that landed before everyone realised what had happened. Yeah, and then as soon as it caught him, he didn't see it coming and he was wide open and I just went for it. And then I saw you uh, when it appeared on the big screen. You couldn't stop having a little grin to yourself. Oh, uh, I was just sort of a little bit relieved and the pressure's over. It's done now. No more words said. It's over with. Well, that's what you were saying to me the other day. I mean, it's the bit before the fight you don't like. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're your best, you're your happiest when you're just in there, basically knocking someone over. Of course. When I'm performing, winning and, you know, looking good, I love it. Yeah. I mean, the first thing, obviously, to say was glad that he's OK because there was a bit of a worry there that uh, he, he, he might be coming out on a stretcher, but all's, all's good. You know, yeah, all's well. Have you got up and we can, can we fight another day? Let's fight another day. We're, we're good. And now, I mean, we talked about this before as well. Uh, now that's finally out of the way, we can look to 2020. Um, what would you like to see happen next year? Um, I'd like to see um, we're closer to a world title. And if I can get that shot at the world title early next well, late next year, to the end of the year, then I'll bring it on. And at this stage, I'm young and I'm ready, ready to go, really. And any of them, the world champions you'd like to avoid, or do you think they'll be trying to avoid you? They'll be. Well, um, I'm sending out a message every performance, so I've just got to keep it up. And, yeah, when they see that, I think that will send a few... Sh I mean, people might say he's not the best opponent you've ever fought, but, yeah. I mean, a punch like that, whoever it's against, will send shockwaves, I think. Of course. Um, it's all about um, moving on, you know, um, making a statement and, you know, getting them, making the fights happen. We need each other in this sport, so hopefully they will get a good test next year. Excellent. And the, sh the shirt, talk us through that. Oh, this one. Got, got it just now. Um, WBC, that's what I want, the green belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say, is that like a premonition? Is that yeah. what's going to... You, you, we're seeing the future there. Yeah, I love the green belt. From the day I started boxing, it was all about this one. So. Okay. So well, one day, one day. Well, we'll take that one first and then take it from there. Yeah. Uh, and just finally, uh, Christmas, uh, you can look forward to a good Christmas now. I know what you're like. Yeah. You're not going to be drinking loads of, loads of drink and eating too much food, but you will enjoy yourself. Of course. Uh, family time. And then just rest in time. I'm ready to go again. Yeah, I bet you are, mate. You're always ready to go again. Thanks. Great to speak to you as always. Well done, mate. You just congratulated that man. What did you make of that performance? Man, I thought it was a great performance. He did what he had to do. Um, when you when you fight a guy that you're supposed to put away, I mean, put him away, and then the power, the speed, um, the technique, it, it was great. As soon as that punch landed, there was only one thing going to happen, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, very heavy-handed. You see that he was looking for that right shot, and the guy was trying to avoid it, and um, he landed the big right hand. And how, do you th how far do you think this guy can go? Oh, all the way. I mean, he has he has um, a big season. He's only 22 years old. He has a lot. You know, he's going to learn a lot. He's going to get more experience, and um, he hasn't reached his peak yet. So that's the scary part. That he's not even reached his peak. Uh, he has what? Maybe six, seven, eight more years before he even starts reaching that. I mean, George Foreman retired at 48 years old. He's 22. Like, wow. You know? <laughs> and just a bit about yourself. Can you explain what you're doing here tonight? Uh, well, I'm here for vacation, pretty much. Yeah, I'm just relaxing. And um, I heard that there was a fight going, and I came on down. You know? Um, but yeah, we're, we're here for Christmas and uh, New Year's. Come back for New Year's. Yeah. Cool. And and, and generally, what, what what are you up to at the moment? At the moment, um, I'm actually training Jake Paul. 
that's Logan's brother, and helping him out. Um, he wanted to learn some technique and different stuff, and I'm giving him, you know, showing him some stuff. And, and, and uh, I thought you, were you picking up an award tonight as well? Did you get a, an award? Oh, I got an award. I, yeah, the Boxing Hall of Fame, International Boxing Hall of Fame. So not tonight, but it's gonna, it's coming. You know, I've been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're very modest. Cause that's the first thing I would have said if I got oh, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, that, that is a, a great big deal, and I'm very happy to be inducted. Well, it's in recognition of a, of a great career, to be fair. Say again? It's in recognition of a, of, of a great career. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy. I mean, not a lot of people get a chance to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and for me to be inducted is, is a great feeling. And just one last question, because I know you've got to go. Um, you look back on the career, and what, what was the, what's the highlight for you? What's the defining moment for you? I think the defining moment was actually the first Oscar fight when the world got a chance to see uh, that I wasn't just a great lightweight, but I was a great fighter all the round, so I think that that was uh, the highlight, yeah. Brilliant. Well, congratulations on a great career, and congratulations as well on uh, being inducted. You deserve it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> mentioned Billy Joe Saunders. What, what's happening with him? We heard he's on the shortlist for the Canelo fight in May. What, any insight on that? You know, it's, Billy came to me. We had, we had a good couple of fights, William Monroe, and, and he really boxed really well. Um, he had a bit of time out. He won the world title with Ben, came back to me. Look, Billy does his own thing. It's wherever he's happy. Um, originally, to be honest, the, the, when he came back to me for the last fight, he was only going to do a half a camp and then go back to Ben because he got tied up with Tyson. But, you know, I think he just liked what was happening and we stuck with it. Uh, for me, uh, the performance in America was good considering the background to it all, you know, getting into America in such a such short space of time uh, and then being able to pull out a, a win in the 11th was good. It wasn't the performance he expected, but he got the win um, and it's a lesson learned. I mean, there was nothing could be done about that situation. For me, I'd have preferred not for him not to fight on that night and, and do it a bit later on, but he got his mind on fighting. He did. He pulled it off. It wasn't the best performance, but he won. So we'll see. I, I, I don't really... once the fighters have moved, you know, they've had the fight moved on, I'm into another fight with Liam Williams and other guys, I tend to concentrate on that and then, you know, if Billy's coming back in camp, he's going he's gonna to tell me when he's going to do it, if he's going to go somewhere else, he's going to do that, at the end of the day, it's a fight by fight, it's always been a fight by fight thing with Billy, you know, Billy's his own, Billy's his own man, he does his own thing, uh, but he has got some big fights coming up, hopefully he gets the Canelo fight, because he's getting to 30 now, he's been in boxing a long time, I think he needs the big fights to motivate him, I think he could have done with this uh, situation straight after the Lemieux fight, he was, he was flat high then he was a few years younger um, you know he's, he's getting a bit long in the tooth training wise now in, in the sense that he's has to put himself through big camps to get to where he needs to be so you know let's see let's see what happens and Kelbrook we were hoping we'd see him back before the end of this year it's now looking like maybe January or February what, what can you tell us about that he, he looks in great shape when we've seen him on social media yeah, he's training I think Eddie's got a date for him sometime in February we're just waiting for the confirmation of that um, it's never good for fighters. They never like training over Christmas. You know, you have to make sacrifices, but you know that's where you have to be. Uh, so hopefully that fight comes off. And um, we've got Kid Galahad uh, also sometime in February in this World Title Eliminator IBF uh, against a good kid called uh, well, whatever they call him, but uh, I can't pronounce his name. But uh, he's you know he's a, he's a tough kid of Southpaw, and you know it's a fight that Barry's got to win to get back into contention for a world title. Brilliant, Dominic Ingle. We appreciate your time. Good luck on Saturday.
Hey, well done, mate. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're the real deal, aren't you, mate? Just in case no one had realised that. Yeah, yeah for, you know, I'm going to say that myself. But no, but you know, I believe you know I'm more than I'm more than deserve that world title fight now. Yeah, I mean, you said in the press conference before you're an angry man, but that was like a controlled demolition, wasn't it, really? Yeah, exactly, because I knew <clears throat> I knew I was going to hurt him, and I knew I was probably going to hurt him a couple of times before I actually got the chance to, to put him away. So if I'd gone all guns blazing, possibly, you know, blue gasket, so I could have, um, you know, I could have gassed myself and somebody big, long, rangy like him, he's, um, he's going to make it out box you and... Uh, you know, sneak his way through. Yeah, that was one thing, you know, before and people thought, you know, his size might give you any problem. Clearly it didn't. No, definitely not, you know. I was even out jabbing him at, well, I would say 60, 70% of the time I was landing the solid jabs and he was just flicking and trying to catch me, but, you know, it, it was not, nothing, nothing in that much bothered me. I tried winging a few in here and there, cut the body shots as it bounced off, but... I'm ready to go into a big uh, 2020, you know. No, absolutely. Just before we get to, I mean, he, you know, he's a decent fighter. This fella, he wasn't, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I, but I was going to say, you made him he's look ordinary. 20, oh, 20, 27 and one. He's only, he's only lost. Uh, <laughs> 27 and one. He's only lost uh, Andrade himself, who's a, a two-time world champion. So, um, you know. Let's see, let's get our fight and see how I'll do against them. I believe I, I believe I'll beat them, no problem. No, absolutely. And and you've alluded to this a couple of times, but 2020 you've got a feeling it could be your year. 100% it's going to be, and I've, I've pretty much just confirmed that there on a final eliminator, and I should be number one to face him in, in the new year, so hopefully it happens sooner rather than later, I'm ready to go whenever. And how do you see the year panning out? Um, I know Frank Warren often says it's, it's one thing winning the world title, it's the next, another thing holding on to it. Yeah, I believe I'm going to go and fight Dimitris Andrade, beat him, and hopefully bring the title home, maybe have a big show in Wales, that's, that's, my, that's the ultimate goal, it'd be amazing. That would be incredible. Um, so before 2020, you got the small matter of Christmas. Are you going to allow yourself a couple of mince pies? No. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. Um, I haven't seen my little girl properly in weeks. You know, maybe one day a week here and there, um, and it's, it's not good enough really. So um, I'm going to spend a lot of time with her over Christmas. Um, probably going to have a couple of beers and a bit of a blog. If I'm being honest with you. <laughs> bit of a look there from Tom. Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Nah, I, I, I believe I, uh, I, I deserve a few, but I won't overdo it. I've kept on it all this year, and um, I'm ready now. I'm ready to move forward. And your daughter now, so I met her a couple of years ago when she was very young. Is she aware what Daddy does? Oh, is she? Oh, we'll get that in a second. Does she, aware, she, she know what you do? Yeah, she, <laughs> she, um, yeah, she does. She's only three. She'll be four in February, but um, very aware, very forward. Intelligent little girl. Probably more intelligent than me, to be honest with you. But... Um, you know, so yeah, she is, and hopefully I can get in, win some big titles, win, you know, earn a lot of money, and get out with uh, everything intact. Well, I'll tell you what, she must be very proud of her daddy when you go back. Yeah, hopefully, I hope so. Give her that belt when I go home, so something shiny for her. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done, mate. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of things if you've got all the things. <laughs> right, you've got uh, another heavyweight, obviously, in Joe Joyce. And uh, obviously, 
the Marco Hook fight. We're expecting that. I mean, Joe it's put on the something out. Of January. It is on. Yeah, well, as far as we're concerned, and uh, it's on, and uh, it's for the European. And if Joe comes through that, and I think he's, I think he can win that, then uh, would be great to get the, these two together for the British Commonwealth and European title. It'd be like the old days. And last time that happened, somebody was telling me tonight was when Lennox Lewis fought Derek Williams all those years ago. Pay per view fight. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Big fight. It's a big fight. It's a big fight. Yeah. If that Dubois Joyce fight doesn't happen for whatever reason, in terms of Daniel Dubois, we expect Derek Chisora to fight Usyk. Now, let's just say Usyk beats Chisora. He is the favourite in that fight. Are you going to go back to Derek Chisora and David Hay for, for a fight with Daniel? I don't know really. It depends where he's at. I mean, you know, we're, we're not sort of, we, you know, we're not second fiddle to anybody. I mean, he's the guy. You know, he's the one that they're all talking about. The other guys have got mileage on their clocks and they're doing what they've got to do. And, you know, and I don't know if he's going to, whether this Usyk fights on or not, or whether he's fighting Parker, who knows. But, but the bottom line of it is, is that um, all I care about is Daniel and next year making, making fights that he can learn from and cementing his position in the rankings, moving him up to get him into number one mandatory slot. Most definitely exciting times. Uh, rest of the card, Sonny Edwards, Marcel Braithwaite, a very good fight. Good fight, wasn't it? It's been a good, I mean, a good show tonight. Quite yeah. Liam Williams was and fantastic. And a variety, yeah. Liam Williams, I thought, was outstanding tonight. I mean, he, he really done a job, didn't he? He, he? he was brilliant. I thought it was, you know, really, really, really good. And Tommy Fury went and done what he had to do, didn't he? He done it in style. It was just, it, it was excellent. I'm sure he pulled some good uh, numbers on TV on BT. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, he's, you know, when you're doing that in the ring, then uh, people love it, don't they? That's what they like to watch. Yeah, just a word as well on uh, Edwards' breakaway. Edwards afterwards said to Marcel that I'm happy to give you a rematch. Yeah, well, you know, we'll have a look at that in the New Year's See, I just want to move Sonny on. We've got a couple of guys in there in the rankings. There's some good fights to be made. Uh, between all of them, so we'll be looking to get them all together, mm. get them on next year. <laughs> we are very close now to a Wilder Fury 2 announcement, Frank. Yeah, we are, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be next week. Next week will be an announcement, okay, so look forward Christ to it. Get your Christmas, Christmas box. Look forward to it. What did you make of uh, Anthony Joshua's comment saying that he wants to spar Tyson? Well, it's just, you know, I think he said himself afterwards, he don't know why he said it. I mean, you know, it's never going to happen. We don't want to see, I don't, don't want to see um, Anthony Joshua sparring with Tyson Fury. I want to see Anthony Joshua fighting Tyson Fury. That's what the fans want to see. Mm. That's what we all want to see, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're, that's, that's a great fight between, you know, two, two quality fighters. You know, AJ done brilliantly in getting his belts back. And Tyson's uh, got his, his next fights plan but you know the end of next year getting up getting those two on they you know they would you win or lose getting them two together it'd be great for the for British boxing world boxing certainly great for all the fans and that's what we will see forget about the sparring let's have the real deal mm, absolutely well listen we look forward to Wilder Fury 2 announcement but also look forward to having a, a break now I think everyone needs it yeah we'll have a break and then we'll all be back in the back in the swing uh, next year we've got some good fights we'll be letting everybody know early January where we're what we're doing but we've got some good stuff lined up all right frank warren thank you for all your time this year thank you and as i say merry christmas to uh, all the ifl viewers and uh, and hoping that they have a healthy happy and peaceful new year absolutely except when they're watching the fights <laughs> merry christmas thank to you as well frank you, cheers thank you
This is John Waller for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm delighted to be joined by Barry Jones. Barry, we've just witnessed. Are you good? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Just witnessed uh, Dubois' second round stoppage victory of Kiyotaro Fujimoto. What did you make of his performance? Well, let's be honest, it was predictable. I mean, the guy came in the ring, you thought you know, it was only going to be a matter of time. And that's the truth. But the right hand to finish it was a hell of a shot. It really was. And the jab that put him down, people forget that with, with Dubois' jab, it's like a right hand. Because his, his front foot and his hand, they move together in unison. So he puts all his weight in that left hand. So he sets him up, sets him up for everything. I mean, he puts him on the back foot, puts him under pressure. But when he threw that right hand, Fujimoto was throwing at the same time, or went to throw, and Dubois seeing it, tying it perfectly, short right hand, and well, what a shot. I mean, you have that sort of finishing power, then you're a, you're a threat and, and, a, and, a, you know, and a, you have a claim to, to any title, let's be honest. As, De, as Deontay Wilder the show, when you have that you know, real chilling power, then you know, it don't matter if you get no box or whatever, you have that, well, you, can, you, you always got a chance. And I think Dubois coming on nicely, I really do. Do you think it was the, the right type of performance, the second round, it was kind of like a statement, like you were saying, it's, it kind of seemed like he needed to do that with the unknown quantity of his opponent? With that, with, with an opponent like that, what I've seen of this guy, and uh, to be honest, and where, where you think Dubois going, yes. If that if that goes eight nine rounds and, it's, and and he gets the stoppage and it's a bit of a grueling affair, then you, know, you paint you paint it up to be you know he books a guy in the top thirteen in the world, blah blah blah. But in reality, you go, it's disappointing really. But he never. Like, and it's, uh, with any when you're going boxing against guys who are below you, the levels below you, which happens all the time, levels career. If you're a boxer, you dance rings around them. You get a puncher, you knock him out. And that's all you can ask, and that's what he did. Joe Joyce, um, do you reckon we'll see that fight next? He's obviously got a challenge ahead of him in Marco Hook, but should he come through that, you know, the, it could be, we could be seeing this in the first quarter. You'd like to think so for, for us fans, but also I'm, I'm a little bit sceptical of the fact that they can both maybe get a world title fight. So, in, especially in this era, why would, you know, why would you want to take that risk? It's a risk for both. It really is, because Joyce is like a machine. He's slow, and, he's, and, 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 and he's, he looks easy to hit, but he's so physically strong and can fight at such a high pace that if you can't put him to sleep, you, know, you might gas out. And he, and he, can, bang, he can bang a bit as well, let's be fair. And, and under Adam Booth now, he might get a little bit more to his game as well, you know, because it's time to work together, it's time to gel. So if he gets a bit more you know, bounce in his step, then he can, becomes more of, a, more of a lethal weapon. I'd like to think so, but I wouldn't hold my breath, to be honest. But he'll, he'll, he'll walk through Huck at this stage of Huck's career and the size difference. I think he walks through Huck in January in impressive fashion away from home. I really do. I think, was, I think that's well said. I think obviously the boxing fan probably comes out in me where it's like, we want to see them two, them two fight now. And would you not say that it's also the the best time for them to fight. You know, there's the WBO mandatory with Alexander Usyk for Anthony Joshua, and then there's Kubrat Pulev, and then Deontay Wilder's going to be fighting Fury at least probably two more times next year. But also, those, some of these titles can be split up quite easily, and then there's vacant titles. So, you know, the things can happen. In, in, in the climate of the boxing, especially heavyweight boxing, things can change in a week, in a day. We've seen that with Joshua losing to Ruiz the first time. I would all of a sudden things have stood in their head. So, you know, Things have changed quickly, so you want to be there or thereabouts. And, and losing puts put you back a little bit, and that's a risk. But to be honest, I'd like to see it happen. It might happen, you never know. I think I generally think Frank Warren wants it to happen. I know Sam Jones is, is 
supremely confident that Joyce will walk right through Dubai. But, and Frank, re, Frank reads Dubai. Frank, to be fair, Frank, Frank Waller from the beginning had been saying Dubai's the real deal. And I think Frank would chuck him in with anybody. Maybe not Tyson Fury, but I think almost anyone else. So, you know, it might happen. Let's hope it do. And also there was Liam Williams' uh, fifth round stoppage of Alantez Fox. Great fight, great finish by Liam Williams. I thought he was great, Liam Williams. Like I've said, like he's looked fantastic, he really has. I was always worried, like people were raving around being world class and I always said, but he's only beat domestic level. He's been looked great doing it, but that's just the, the facts. But this, this fight, he's focusing on a guy who's been at world level, though he got lost, but he didn't disgrace himself against Andrade. And he walked right through him. And, and it's but it, with composure and, perf and maturity in his work. And he looked fantastic. And I think at the world stage now, tonight he arrived, for me, in my opinion. They, they would probably think he arrived you know, fights ago. But for me, in my opinion, he arrived tonight. And you know, I think he's good enough to win a world title. But, they, but Andre, Andre he's very good, you know, but, he's, but he deserves his shot. And you know, I wouldn't fancy fighting him, put it that way. Uh, just one more quick question. Don't worry, it won't take you too long to answer. Um, oh, at least I hope not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, fighter of the year and fight of the year. I, the fight of the year for me is Anui Danae. Uh, fighting in the UK is uh, Progre and Taylor. British fight of the year is, is Josh Taylor, because I love him. First star. And fight of the year, got to be Anui. For me, I know people say Alvarez, but there's some question marks over Alvarez. To be honest, the way he's lived his life, but for me, Anui, you know, beating Donair and, go, and the way he's blitzed through people, he's been a revelation. He really has. Okay, well, Barry Jones, thank you very much for speaking to myself and Boxing Social, and have a merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. Cheers. Thank Umar Amidas, obviously the MTK Global, the Copper Box Arena, last show of the year, Dominic Ingle. You've got a world-class fight on your hands in Liam Williams. Yeah, I mean, I think always, he's always been a world-class fighter. I think sometimes he's just been his own worst enemy. Uh, very emotional uh, outside of the ring. And it's just a case of controlling him in the ring and, and guiding him and, and not allowing him to do what he wants to do in training. And he's, he's got it. It's just a case of condensing it all down and guiding him in the right direction. And, uh, you know, you remember that cartoon when you were a kid, the Tasmanian Devil? That's what it reminds me of, spinning around and wrecking everybody, but you've got to control it. And that's what he did tonight. He took his time, he had the, the guy in trouble, uh, set back a little bit, positioned his shots, looked for the clean shots, and, you know, the, the, the wing came, the knockouts came. Uh, awkward guy, six foot five, long reach, all the advantages. But, you know, we had a game plan, what we needed to do. And uh, Liam, like a lot of fighters who I train, you know, Billy Joe Saunders, Kel Brook, Gallad, they can execute plans and that's it. You know, even when they're getting clipped one or two shots, they stick to what they need to do. And it paid off with Liam. We've had some good sparring, some guys down at the uh, Team GB, some kids coming to the gym uh, who've helped us out. And it's been good. It's been difficult getting guys that tall, but we've, we've managed to get people over six foot. He got his range, he got inside the, the jabs and, uh, you know, worked on the plan. Mm. How do you think Fox would get on with the likes of Canelo, Golovkin, 
Fine, well, I mean, obviously not. Because, you know, looking at uh, looking at him now, I mean, obviously that's the plan. But he's, he's he hasn't been very active because of the injury. But he had a fight in May, then he had a fight in October. Um, you know, and, and he's, he's got it all to do. And he came in with a good plan. I think he came with the right technique, moving, jabbing and moving. He could do it. But look, I don't know where he's going to go. I'm, I'm more concerned where Liam's no, going to go. In go. terms of what Liam did tonight, oh, do you know what I mean? That's yeah, what the question I mean, but, is coming from. But, you know, the, the quality operators, you, you can't take anything away from Canelo. He's a seasoned operator. He's very consistent in his every performance. He's never inconsistent, is he? Do you know what I mean? He's, he's always consistent in what he does. So I think, uh, you know, the Canelos of this world would do the same. They'd, they'd probably be here in five or six, seven rounds. Um, but they'd probably be a bit, you know, take the time a little bit more. But like I said tonight, he will Liam's now. You know, it's all about Liam Williams, and uh, we'll just see where he goes from here. Well, where he goes is a, a world title shot. It is. Yeah, but we know our world title shot. You know, I think Mungia's moved up from like middle, uh, from like middle to middle. You know, generally the WBO installed them as a number one. It could be another 12 months before he gets a world title fight. So we've got to start looking at. We got to look at other options as well. We're not just going to chase that option. You know, sit down, talk to Frank, see what the other options are. He could always. He can still go down to like middleweight. Do you know what I mean? There's options for Liam Williams. He makes it makes middleweight easy. Um, so it's just where the options are. Look at Canelo where he's been. He's been to light heavyweight, super middleweight, middleweight, light middleweight. You know, they can do that because the fights are there. And it's the same with Liam. Liam can come up and down the, the weight divisions. You know what I mean? He can get up to, he can probably do super middle. And he could go down to light middle. So let's just see where the options are. We're not just going to, I don't think we just need to concentrate on Andrade. Uh, because, you know, sometimes he can just be chasing forever and ever. So we'll just see, you know, he's going to have a, a decent Christmas, spend a bit of time with his family, and he's going to be back in camp. We're going to wait to train over the new year and get him back on track, get everybody back in the camp on track. Okay, moving on from Liam, uh, it was announced Kel Brooks, a new opponent back in Sheffield, uh, happy to just have a fight date and a, an opponent now confirmed. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been in the camp a long time and uh, he's been out for over a year. And, you know, it's probably been the, the thing about Kel Brooks' career, he's had great fights and spent a lot of time being inactive for one, for one reason or another, he's, he's 34 in May. And it's time to get a bit of a scoot on. And, uh, you know, I can remember when Liam came to Sheffield to spar Kel for the, the Glofkin fight. And it was very good sparring, so she could see Liam's quality then. And uh, like I said, Kill's got to get his uh, his finger out a little bit. He's been training, his weight's looking good. It's a case now of stepping on the gas, getting some sparring in and, and shining in Sheffield. And then, you know, let's get a good 12 months in. He's not had a good 12 months run for quite a while, so he needs to get his finger out. Time's not on his side. What do you think he can still achieve in the game? You know, look, look, I think when he became world champion, he was disappointed that he never got unification fights, he never got the Thurmans or the Danny Garcias, you know, and he took what came, and it can be a bit, you know, disheartening. And uh, it's like with Liam, you, you know, keep Liam active and keep him, it keeps him happy. When they've got time on the Ramsey's fights, they just unravel. So, you know, from now on, Kelbrook's got to finish on his feet, he's got to finish on wins, and hopefully he finishes with big periods. I would like to see him get in with Khan at some point, if it happens. Um, you know, everybody wants to see that fight. But let's just get this one out of the way on the 8th of February uh, and, and see what Kelbrook's got left. Okay, a couple of more things. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, what's the crack with him? Well, you know, Billy, nobody knows Billy, he's back and forward, isn't he? So, listen, I think they're just waiting for the announcement of, um, you know, whether he's going to fight Canelo in the short runnings. But I think a good fight for Billy, it'd be Callum Smith, you know what I mean? That'd be, he's with, he's with, uh, he's with Eddie. And I think that'd be an interesting fight after his last performance against John Ryder. So, you know, Billy makes his mind up what he does. We only do one fight-by-fight fight stuff. He came to me, he was originally for this last fight, just for half a camp. And then he didn't be in the full camp. So, look, I never take anything for granted. He either trains with me or trains with Ben or whatever he does. He's a world champion now. He can do what he wants. But the one thing is when fighters come to me, they've got to do as they're told. There's no point working with if they don't. 
Billy's done as he's told, he's done his stuff. Uh, you know, he's still, he's still unbeaten. And hopefully he gets the big fights. He's, he's with Eddie now. There's big fights out there for him. And let's obviously see, see the best of Billy Joe Saunders in the next four months. Listen, if Billy doesn't get a Canelo fight and Callum Smith doesn't get a Canelo fight, which obviously would be their first choice for both, then yeah, as you say, why not just fight each other? Well, but why not? Listen, why not fight each other anyway? You know? Really? Even if they land the Canelo? Yeah, but I think it'd be a good fight. I think it'd be a good fight. Look, the thing is, you, you know, the Canelos of this world are very lucky. Like me, they can pick and choose who they want. And like, Canelo keeping two fighters hanging on a string. For me, I just make the fight between them. Do you know what I mean? The fight between, between, between Billy and Callum. And, you know, if Billy beats him or Billy beats Canelo or Canelo beats Billy, then, then maybe put Callum in. But make the fights. Stop waiting, waiting forever for these fights. You know what I mean? How long has Billy, Billy Johnson has been chasing Canelo for, since the Lemieux fight? Do you know what I mean? He was in the belief after beating Lemieux he was going to fight Canelo. It never happened. That was two, over two years ago. So it's wasting time. Time's not on these fighters' side. You just need to fight who's put in front of you. Don't be chasing everything. Just fight everybody. Just the last one. A bit of a really random one. Joshua's comments uh, about sparring Fury to help him for the Wilder fight. Strange? Not really, no. no. Because, but the thing is, you know, Joshua's not... Look, they sparred before, if you remember, and, you know, Tyson... That was way back now. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though, because Anthony Joshua came to my gym a long time ago, sparred against Richard Towers. Uh, you know, I don't care what people say, Anthony Joshua, at the stage of his career where he's, at, where he's 28 years old, all that money, everything behind him, to go and pull that performance out what he did, to go back to the drawing board and completely change his style, show something that is very hard to do at that stage of your career and the age when everybody's telling you that you're right. And do it. To go back to the drawing board and pull out the performance, I don't care what anybody says, it was a fantastic performance. Yeah, it might not work against Deontay Wilder, but he'll have time, there'll be more time. He'll have, he'll have one or two fights before he fights Wilder. He can beat Wilder. You know, it'd be an interesting fight between between Tyson and, and uh, AJ, but yeah, why not? But if you're going to do that spar, and they need to do that sparring behind closed doors, and not let anybody watch it. And the thing is with Tyson Fury when he spars and AJ, they're not daft, they're smart sparers. We've had Tyson Fury at gym, they don't try killing each other. They don't show too much, they peek and they poke and, and they see what they've got. You know, they sparred before, but a fight's totally different. Do you understand? The fight, sparring's different to a fight. Simple as that. So you can spar all you want. Larry Holmes was Muhammad Ali's sparring partner for years, and then eventually fought. But only when Muhammad Ali, everything was run out. So you know, if they do it, they do it. You know, let's just see. Okay, well, Dominic Ingall, congratulations with uh, Liam tonight. Have a nice Christmas. We'll try. No, see you in the new year. No problem. Good man, thank you. So Errol Spence finally makes his first public appearance since that horror crash in his Ferrari. When was it now? A couple months ago? Yeah, he appeared in an interview with Brian Kenny on the uh, Charlo Harrison show. And I was obviously looking for his hand. I wanted to see if he had, he had a screw on hand or a real hand. And as far as I could tell, his hands look okay. I only saw one of the hands again, same as in the photo. Uh, but it seems as though that photo, which the boxing voice had in one of their videos, and they zoomed in to 
Errol spends his hand and they were like, what the hell's up with his hand? Is that a trick of the light? It appears as though it was a trick of the light. You know, again, unless <laughs> the prosthetics are incredible these days, um, it looks as though both his hands are intact because the hand which looked dodgy in that photo, I think was his right hand. And in, there's a picture of him at this show holding a fist up and it's his right fist. So it would appear as though his hand is okay. That doesn't mean that he's going to be 100% necessarily. I mean, Errol Spence says that he's going to come back in spring or summer and that he wants to go straight into a big fight. You know, he doesn't want to have any tune-ups or anything like that. Is he serious about that or is that just bravado you know, to keep people thinking that he's a hundred percent, you know, are they just trying to put a brave face on it or is he really that confident that he's going to be as good as ever once he steps back into the ring? It really is miraculous that Errol Spence survived so relatively unscathed after such a horrendous crash. And he really should be thanking whoever it needs to thank the creator, God, <laughs> his lucky stars that he, uh, he lived and is still able to walk and have all his faculties about him. Uh, but there are, you know, when it comes to being involved in that kind of crash, you can suffer n muscle damage, nerve damage, psychological damage can occur from situations like that. Now, obviously, when it comes to psychological damage, different people deal with it in different ways and some deal with it better than others. Errol Spence has always been a very calm, very assured character. So I'm going to say that he's probably the kind of person that would be, be able to get over psychological damage better than most, just because of the kind of character he is. He's very, very, always been a very, very calm, very confident character. Um, emotional characters might struggle with it more. Errol Spence is not an emotional guy. Very, very, you know, level-headed, kind of speaks in a monotone all the time. <laughs> never gets very high, never gets very low. Always just an even kill with Errol Spence. That's one of the things that's made him such a good fighter over the years is because he's so even emotionally, you know. It's hard to get any kind of reaction out of Errol Spence. Either, either a, 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 you know, anger, um, happiness, anything out of him. He's such a monotone individual, but I like that about him. You know, it's, it's kind of a bit of the, the Marvin Hagler's to it. So, uh, yeah, looks good at the moment. We'll see what happens over the coming months if he does actually get back in the ring as soon as he's suggesting. Uh, the next step from here, anybody who has been following Errol Spence, we want to see him in training again, see how he looks when he's hitting the pads, hitting the bag, and then maybe we can start believing that he still is the truth. So drop your comments in the comment section below. Let me know how you feel. Good to see Errol Spence up and about walking on camera again. And I was getting a little concerned when he was hiding away, but he's back on camera. And uh, yeah, let's see where his career goes from here. If he does come back and appears to be as good as new, we want that Terence Crawford fight. As Terence Crawford has been saying recently, when it comes to Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, you don't hear about any across-the-street talk. But with the welterweights, it's always, oh, you got to 
come across the street if you want to fight. There is no street. Just like Terence Crawford's been saying, just like Andre Ward been saying, same as Tim Bradley, there is no street. Cut that street rubbish out of the equation. I don't want to hear no nonsense like that from Errol Spence. I was so disappointed in him when he started coming out with rubbish like that. I had hoped he was better than that. You know? Forget about the street, you know, across the street nonsense. Give us the fight we want to see, which is Terence Crawford versus Errol Spence. Bob Arum, we know he wants to make that fight because he ain't making no money, real money out of Terence over there on ESPN. They're struggling to get him opponents. <laughs> What's he going to do with Terence Crawford right now? He has to strike right now. Crawford is getting older. How old's Terence Crawford now? Like 33, 34? You know, he looked a touch vulnerable in his recent fight. So how long is Terence Crawford a viable, you know, pound for pound star? Probably not too much longer. So right now is when Bob Arum wants to make that big fight with Terence Crawford. He's been wanting to make the fight. and He definitely wants to make it now. I mean, particularly since Errol Spence has been injured, Bob Arum wanted it before the, before the car crash. He'll want it 10 times more after the car crash. <laughs> you know, he'll be on the phone immediately trying to sort the fight out. It's just whether Al Heyman wants to risk Errol Spence against Crawford. And it's not to say that Al Heyman thinks that Spence is definitely going to lose against Crawford. No, but he understands it's a dangerous fight. He understands how skilled... Terence Crawford is how much ability he has. And so he's not going to have as much confidence as Errol Spence is going to have because Al Heyman's not a fighter. He's a businessman. The businessman always has to think about what happens if things go wrong when it, whenever he's making his decisions. Fighters don't think like that so much. Fighters are so confident. We're talking about the elite level fighters. They're so confident in their own ability. They believe there can be anybody. Certainly someone like Errol Spence does. But the money men, they don't think like fighters. <laughs> They're thinking in terms of contingency. They're thinking in terms of, okay, well, that's risky over there. And I think my guy can beat him, but it's a real tough fight. Let me take him a different route. Let me keep it in-house for a while longer. Let me wait until Terence Crawford looks a little more vulnerable. Then we'll take it when the time's right. I mean... When you see the way that PBC fighters are moved and managed, you can see exactly why Floyd Mayweather was moved and managed like that. It wasn't Floyd, it was Al Heyman. That's why Floyd made Al Heyman famous by, you know, thanking him so many times after his fights. Because Heyman was always the brains behind Mayweather's operation. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people are trying to give Floyd the credit, and look, I'm sure Floyd learned a lot off Al Heyman. Um, but understand that he was the, he was the student and uh, Heyman was the master. So anyway, let me know what you guys think about this interview with Errol Spence saying that he don't want no comeback fights. He's going to jump straight back into a big fight. Is it bravado? Is it for real? Is it PBC propaganda? Um, are you like me, somebody who has been 
an admirer of Errol Spence's ability for a very long time, and therefore you're eager to see him back in the ring. I'm not going to lie, Errol Spence has been one of my favorite fighters for years. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, you know, what he's like when he comes back. Let me know what you guys think. It's happening, I'm out. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.